ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of almost all ages, with parental consent. The Sick Twisted Minds at Sacrificial Pond Productions brings you a new style of horror film, like nothing you have seen before. There are no cops, no investigations. There is no backstory, no follow-up of the victims who are brutally tortured and murdered. Our story isn't about them. Normal terror is about a single dad struggling to make ends meet. His son is his first priority. He goes to work, pays his bills, and is generally a great dad. The twist comes after he puts his son to bed. This is where he releases his stress. Some people do yoga, some hit the gym, some go for runs, some people paint on a canvas. An anonymous source once wrote on an abandoned asylum wall, I never understood people until I took one apart just to see how it worked. If you are rear-ended in traffic, most people's thought runs to anger and their primal instincts of hurting the other party. Sam Neill does not have the ability to stop that primal instinct. Let us take you into the mind of a killer. Normal Terror is a concept from the mind of Sam Mason, who wrote, directed, produced, and is starring in this new age feature film. Let's get slicing and dicing with Sir Sturdy Horror fans. On this podcast, you will hear me and a guest do some movie reviews, random funny horror chats, and whatever else comes to mind. So tune in, kick back, relax, and always remember... I'll see you in your nightmares. Well, this station's mask. Successful podcasting panel, I guess. We were the things that once were and will be again. We want what is yours. Life! That's, that's a great, great impression there, Walter. I'm Tom Clark. I host the Necrocasticon podcast at Project Entertainment Network. And to my left is my co-host and co-creator of the show, Walter Ball. Hi. Yes. Next we have Tiffany Wright. I'm Tiffany Beth. Next we have Aaron. What's your podcast? My name's Aaron. I'm here with the Horror with Search 30 podcast. And next to me is my friend Matt. Right there. Right there. He's awful soft-spoken for a podcaster. Just, just warming up. Okay, just warming up. Um, oh, gosh. So, like, five years ago at Scaracon, Walter and I met each other um, at this convention. And at that time, I had just started doing a podcast for a national website called This Is Infamous. It was the competitor to Anticool.com, I guess we could call it. And I guess. Yeah. And um, it, was a, it was run by a guy who was kicked off of Anticool.com, so 
Well, I thank you for giving me the opportunity he gave me. You did? Yes. Um, as our relationship grew, uh, Walt and I decided that one day, hey, maybe we wanted to do a podcast about horror. And then we got another friend of ours that wanted to do a podcast about heavy metal. And we decided to blend them together, and thus the Necrocasticon was born. And it's a five-year trip that we've had on this thing right now. I didn't think we'd actually make it past one. I thought it was something that we would like get tired of and bored of fast. But no, we didn't. Here we are, five years later. It's amazing. It's crazy. It's crazy. Now, now Tiff, how long have you been podcasting? I've been podcasting for six years. Um, we actually started on a paranormal network, and the guy was a douche, and I thought, I could do this better. I'm a chick. I got this. Woo! Chick power, man. So uh, my husband and I, I mean, I did have to include my husband. We started DT on Wicked Radio, and we had Shavo from System of a Down on our network, and a bunch of other paranormal pop culture, which has grown. And so, it's pretty freaking awesome. Now, Aaron, you're relatively new to all of this. Yeah, I just started in um, January. I actually started out about two or three years ago just with a Facebook group and doing Facebook Live videos, unboxings and all that, and talking horror. And I was like, you know what? I need to start a podcast, and my awesome wife got me all this awesome equipment. So I've been recording since January. And um, I'm actually real happy and humble about all the people that follow me. I, my goal for this year was 1,000, and I have, like, over 3,000 downloads, which is, to me, it's amazing. I'm like, wow, because I'm, you know, I'm not that famous yet. But uh, this great gentleman over here, we met in April at EmpireCon, going to see Robert England, talking some horror, and I was like, hey, I have a podcast, he's like, come on, and he's on like every other weekend with me, and so, yeah, you gotta clap it up for this guy, too, and he has an awesome podcast called uh, Cinema Attacks Podcast, so definitely check that out also. We'll pass him the mic so we can talk about it. Come on, man, share the mic. <laughs> yeah, I have, uh, my name's Matt, I'm on uh, the Horrorphilia Network. We have a podcast called Cinema Attack. I've uh, been doing it about for a couple of years now, where we talk not just horror, not just sci-fi, pretty much anything and everything movie-wise, but mostly horror that we do talk about. Have a lot of fun, been doing that for a couple of years with that group. Now, since you had the microphone, what have you found have been the more successful episodic offerings you have given? What has worked for you? Well, what worked for me is the people who I've worked with. If you can communicate well and you got a good chemistry, everything just flows perfectly. And once you get everything going, there, there's no arguing during the podcast. There's no, well, I said this, but you said this, and man, there's none of that going on. It's just like three guys talking together, having a great time. What we do love is horror films. And once it's smooth, it goes through, people enjoy it. As long as you have fun doing it, and everyone enjoys what you're doing, just keep doing it. That's the main thing. Aaron, since you're in baby steps so far, so to say, what have you found has been gotten your biggest hits? What show in particular, what guests gave you your biggest attention? Honestly, they're all about even. Like, because every podcast, Matt, you know... Honestly, they're all about even. Like, we just go in, we have a good time, joking through the whole episode, all the time, laughing, a bunch of guys just talking, and it's it's so fun. Like, I just, I have so much fun with it. Tiff, um, in your time doing Wicked Radio, what was your most successful show and why do you think? 
you know, it's going to sound a little bit melodic, um, but it was my podcast right after Robin Williams passed away on suicide, and we brought on a bunch of celebrities as well as some therapists to come on, and we had over 2.5 million listeners that podcast, and so that was really powerful. Wow. That's amazing. It really was considering the nature of the podcast, so that just made me think that there are people out there that really needed to hear that they're special and that they're okay and life is worth living. So that that was really humbling, and it really made my heart smile to know that people listened in just for that specific event. Wow. Walter and I shared a similar experience um, shortly after, well, within six months of us starting doing this this podcast uh, was the curse of 2016, or was it? Yeah, when everybody started dying, and it was the year before 2015 when Lemmy passed away, and the Motorhead, we, uh, the Lemmy uh, show that we did, became our most downloaded show. What do you think? there was probably that week almost everyone and their brother did a tribute to Lemmy. Yep. We just lucked out and happened to get a lot of downloads. But maybe perhaps it was our hook that brought people in, the uh, combination of metal and horror. Because I believe we also did throw in a couple other you know, sidebar topics on that show as well. Yeah, we did. And the week after, too, was our decidedly not horror review of Star Wars A Force Awakens. Because the Sith are scary. Because the Sith are scary. Not my idea. <laughs> <laughs> Let me ask you, Tiff, what things that fell outside of your normal wheelhouse did you experience on Wicked Radio that actually worked, that you didn't expect to work? What do you mean? Well, that fell outside of your normal topic discussions. Something that you guys did a show on that wasn't your typical type of show for you. Well, it was a suicide one. And then people from Food Network, because I've normally done movie stars, I've done musicians and, and things like that, never Food Network. And actually, we had a ton of hits for that show too with Jason Smith from Food Network. So Food Network. Food, so food Network. Network was your Star Wars The Force Awakens. Well, yeah, because I think people like to talk about food. And it's drinking too many fats, so I give a recipe for an alcohol who doesn't want to be drunk and fat. So that, that works. That's awesome. Woo! Yay, uh, drunk and fat. Now, now Aaron, on, uh, on Sir Sturdy, have you stepped outside of your wheelhouse on that and talked about something other than horror yet, much to your surprise? Um, actually, yes. I have a brother that's out in California, and he's drawn for Disney and done a bunch of other sculptures. So I had him come on and just discuss his artwork, which was amazing, awesome artwork, and he's not really in the horror like that, so, but I like, you know, we came and we talked, it was actually the first time we've ever talked to each other, so it was an awesome episode like that, so that's like my only one that I have that doesn't have to do with horror. It's, it's when you do a show like that, like that we've all done here now, that you learn that podcasting isn't something, it isn't an entertainment form that's rigid. You have the flexibility to 
do what you want with it. Um, as long as it's entertaining, and that's the key. I think that's the, the key to success, is to make it entertaining. Make you sure that you have... You gotta find something to stand out with. You gotta make, you gotta give a reason to make uh, these people listen to you over something else, you know? And to continue listening to you, too. And you wanna treat those listeners. So, like for example, inside jokes that we run through every show, and they continue on. And, if you listen to enough necrocasticons, you understand that I hate Eli Roth and Walt loves Iced Earth. So, what are the, we'll start with Aaron. What are some of those inside things for your regular listeners that you drop almost every episode to, to, so that they can, can carry on with part of your story? Do you want to answer this one, Matt? The red hoodie? All right. We got a great story about a guy in a red hoodie. When Aaron and I first met at a, at a convention in Albany, there was this gentleman ahead of us. Uh, we were going to meet Robert Engel. This guy had a suitcase, a literally a giant suitcase, full of crud to sign. Figures, clothing, squirt balls, dildos, anything like that. He had anything and everything to get signed. These Freddy Krueger dildos? Yeah, uh, Freddy Krueger dildos. Do you have a Marilyn Manson? Do you have those? I don't know. I wasn't going to touch it, but... Anything yeah. else? So anyway, this guy... Help me up. What's that? Help me up. I want one of those. Try eBay? Oh, oh. Come on, kids. This is a family show. Whoa, okay. If it's a family, I better be good then. So anyway, this guy had tons and tons of stuff, and he was always complaining, well, I'm VIP. I get ahead of the line. I'm going to get everything signed before you guys. Just, you know, rubbing it in on us. Aaron and I decided to talk about what movie called Thanksgiving. Okay? Oh, yeah. Killing is about a killer turkey. It's all a hand puppet. And this guy just totally came to us and goes, how can you watch a movie that bad and enjoy it? I'm like, but it's a fun movie. It's one of those turn your brain off films. Come on. It's a turkey killing people to hand puppet. Just have fun watch it. If you're either drunk, stoned, or just in a good mood to watch it, you have a good time. So him and I are chatting up a storm about this movie. He was just being a complete jerk. So Ben, all of a sudden, we're just having conversations on our podcast about this Mr. Red Hoodie guy. And just kept going and going. And every podcast, like, don't be like Red Hoodie guy because he was a jerk. He doesn't care about anything but Robert Ingram. But horror is always open your mind to anything and everything. It can be a movie about a slasher or about a killer turkey. As long as you have fun, you do it. And I mean, I don't have an issue. Like, if you don't like a certain movie, we can debate it. But when you're, like, downing people for a certain movie, like, how could you guys watch this? Why would you waste time watching this? It's kind of... That's not what the horror community is about. We want to just have a good time, crack jokes, have a good, you know, have some laughs. If you don't like a movie, I don't like this movie because, but it doesn't make you a bad person. But don't be like Red Hoodie. He was a jerk. <laughs> Tip, same question for you. You know, I had William Shatner on my show one time, and talking to him was extraordinarily painful because he has no personality. Why would it? So, right, I'm going to go up. And that's exactly the way it was. And trying to ask him questions was like, I said, well, how are you today? Well, I'm well. Okay, well, this is going to be a long freaking 15 minutes. So when I would, so, and it was, it was the longest 15 minutes of my life. And he was horrible. And so anytime I got on another guest that was like that, I'm like, oh, William's back. It's Mr. Shatner. <laughs> and they'd be like, I'm sorry, my name is so-and-so. I'm like, but tonight it's William Shatner. And I'm like, 
like because you freaking suck. <laughs> yeah, one, one thing you want to do you give your listeners is little trivia like that, whether it's inside trivia for the actual show itself or your trivial knowledge that you have. It's a two-edged sword, though, that trivial knowledge. Your guests give zero craps about your trivial knowledge. They don't want to hear it. Your guest is on your show to be your guest. Your guest is there to entertain your listeners. Your best bet with your guest is just to ask them questions and don't try to make them think you're a know-it-all. And have a conversation. And just have a conversation. Talk with them like you would with one of your friends. I agree 1 million percent on yeah. that. And actually, the way I do my podcast, like, for example, anybody in the crowd out here that wants to be on, I have business cards. You just send me an email of a movie you'd want to review or a random horror chat or whatever. And we just go back and forth, ask Matt. We go on. Sometimes me and him will be talking for three hours. We'll record for an hour or two and be talking after just because we can't stop. But it's just a welcoming podcast. Anybody's welcome. Anything to do with horror. And like I said, everybody's welcome. Grab a business card. Tiffany wants to ask me a question. Well, this is kind of for everybody. So I, I often get asked, what makes you qualified to be a pad, podcaster? And my answer is, not a damn thing. So question poses to you guys. When you first started your podcasting, what made you feel you could be entertaining enough for our listeners? Um, because I love myself. <laughs> Thank you, Aaron. And we that love you too, Walter. I, I find myself extremely entertaining. And I'm great company. I'm a great conversationalist. Yes, he is. I've only been doing radio for 25 years, that's all. Yeah, I know. So this was just a natural extension of that. Um, I'm not going to waste you know, this college education I paid for to get this wonderful speaking voice that I have. I'm staying out of that one, whatever. And just use it as a salesman, you know? So you're innately entertaining. Yes. Awesome. Aaron? I'm going to have to say... I'm a big fan of other podcasts. I'm a big fan of horror. I love talking about it, so I was like, why not? And I find myself hilarious. My wife doesn't, but, you know, she doesn't know funny. My wife doesn't think I'm funny either. Your wife's just awesome. She doesn't think I'm funny, though. Well, that's because she's your wife. Speaking of which, I think she's coming around the corner. Yeah. Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice. My wife thinks I'm awesome. Makes me, I make her laugh. She's already laughing right now. But, like I said, as long as you know what you're talking about and you have a good time, you make everybody laugh, that's the best thing. How about you have them relax in front of a, a microphone, too? Versus, uh, I don't know what I'm talking about, but if you talk about something, I don't know. But if you're comfortable holding a mic, you're mostly comfortable talking in front of a laptop or in front of a camera. That's the best thing. Okay, next um, One thing about podcasting is it's a labor of love. It takes a different level of dedication to do something for free. Um, and to take what sometimes can turn into a four-hour conversation um, when you tell your significant other that it's only going to be an hour. Disclaimer, you do not make money podcasting. See, now, with the whole four hours thing, my wife's like, you're getting on my nerves anyway, so just go upstairs and do your recording, so I'm Wait, good. 
I think we made a grand total of 25 bucks. Didn't we like make like 25 bucks and we just decided to put it towards the year? Yeah, every, every, whenever we make money off the podcast because... Like residuals or something like that? We sell merchandise. We have t-shirts and whatnot. And someone, and bought, and someone bought a shirt. Somebody buys a shirt every month or so. We get a kickback from the network. And we just put it back into the podcast. These things cost money to run. Yeah. You often spend more money than you ever take in. And, it's, and that's okay, because as long as you get those downloads every week and somebody messages you saying, you know what? Well, my favorite thing is, is when I get a message, when somebody says, you know what, my week was really sucky, but you made me laugh to the point I pissed my pants, and thank you, I'm like, score. And that's what it's about. It's, it's giving other people happiness and laughter and letting them enjoy sometimes their favorite celebrities or their favorite subject, or even giving them a friend, because I often like to talk like I'm talking to friends, not just to the people that are on my show, but to the people who are listening. And so they're like, you're my friend now. And I'm like, awesome. You can never have too many friends. And that's why I do it. So I'll spend $100,000 if it puts a smile on someone's face. I'm right with you with that. Like, I don't do this for the money because it's hard to get money into it. But I really do it for the passion of it. I feel like if you're trying to do something like this for the money, you're doing it for the wrong reasons. You're not going to put as much heart into it and as much time into it because you're not going to see that money coming from it. But if you're doing it for just the fun and passion, just to talk with, even if it's just a handful of friends recording about whatever, whatever horror movie, Thanksgiving, which is a great movie, go see it. <laughs> but um, yeah, so just have fun, have a passion for it. If anybody in here wants to be on a podcast or wants to start their own podcast, do it for that reason. And nobody wants to hear you, bitch. Nobody does. You may want to do, you can maybe limit it to like a five minute skit where you're pretending you're complaining, but nobody wants to hear you complain. Nobody wants to hear how much you hate something. Well, you do it anyways. Not always, unless it's Eli Roth. Okay. Or Corey Feldman. What is your deal with Eli Roth? What has he, he ever done to yeah, you? Really? He's hacked up some good movies, that's what he's done. Wait, 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 wait hold on. Eli Roth is freaking awesome. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> Huey Bowles. Oofa Bowles. Okay, Oofa? Huey Bowles is pretty bad, but Eli Roth is actually better. Oh, God. It's like, here's one pile of poo, here's another pile of poo. Doesn't matter which pile of poo you like, you're still like a pile of poo. Sometimes that pile of poo I, does I, smell pretty I good. Myself, I myself don't have anything personal against Eli Roth. See how I manipulated these guys into this conversation? I myself don't have anything personal against Eli Roth. I don't think he's an awful director. I don't think he's a... Uh, I, 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 I don't put him anywhere near like Carpenter or, uh, or uh, Wes Craven or, you know, any of the other... Uh, Walter loves Iced Earth. I do love Iced Earth. They're a phenomenal band. And a lot of people like Iced Earth. Yes. We have a furry in the audience. Give it up for our furry. Oh, they're not sleeping. All right, cool. See, that's, you, see, that's what I do when I go out to like panels and stuff so I can... Don't look, doesn't seem like I'm rude. I dress up as a furry so I can fall asleep because they won't know that I'm sleeping. No. I do that with some masks too. I'll just wear a rubber mask or something. Hide your eyes. So if they're pretty boring, put the mask on and. The reason I skewed the reason I skewed this was just to show you guys an example of podcast banter and how it can work. Where you can take something where somebody on your show or one of your guests may talk negative about something and swerve it. Because quite honestly, people don't want to hear complaining. They really don't. Um, you listen to podcasts for entertainment. You want to be, forget all those problems. You want to forget the negativity when you listen to your entertainment. That's 
sometimes listening to some other people's problems can be entertaining if they do it in an entertaining way. And then you're like, hey, my life's not so bad. Yeah, true. <laughs> So we want to ask you guys some questions, if you guys have any questions about podcasting. Does anybody do? Well, come on over here, young lady. Or I'll come to come you. Come on up. Oh, he's going to bring it over. I'm an old man that can walk, barely. I could have did that for you, Tom. Your hair is badass, by the way. Uh, so I had a couple questions just about how you guys get celebrity guests on your shows. Do you pay them? And then also how much like editing goes into your process? Like how much do you end up cutting out? <laughs> You'll be next, okay? So take a seat right well, there. Well, for me, I haven't really got too many celebrity guests on there. Um, have you ever seen the movie Never Hike Alone? The YouTube movie? The guy who played Jason, I got him on the podcast. I just friended him on Facebook. And I'm trying to get uh, the guy who played Art the Clown, David Howard Thurden. I'm trying to get him on. I just, I just go out and ask. And if they say yes, cool. If they say no, cool. And as far as the editing part and cutting, my brother does that for me. But he doesn't really cut too much out. He'll just like kind of, you know, combine it all together, cut all the dead space out. He's been doing it for years because he's been making beats and all that. So I don't know how long it takes. I just send him a bunch of episodes. That's a great question, though. Um, I ask, or actually we're to the point now where they'll ask to come on, especially if they're for promotion or there's something going on. Um, I do not pay them, and I'm very upfront with that. Um, and I don't edit my shows either, because I think bloopers and oopsies are the most fun thing ever, because we're human. It does, it makes them funny, and it makes it more endearing to the person that you're looking for, like the celebrity, because we're all human. So that was a good question. I don't have them. Screw it. Say whatever you want. I'm not human. Well, we Never, ever pay a guest no. for a podcast. If somebody is so destitute, that they need you to pay them? No. Nope. This is how I do guests for the Necrocasticon. The first thing I do is I go look at their Twitter followers. They have over a thousand. I reach out to them. The reason I do that, and I use Twitter because Twitter is Target, Facebook, quite honestly, is Walmart. No, Facebook is by below. Target. Instagram, Facebook, okay. People that use Twitter are people that work in the industry, that work as a creative for the most part. They run their own Twitters. They are very easily acceptable. If you guys have seen The Endless yet, anybody seen that? Okay, Justin Benson and I have been going back and forth all day today about Hereditary, okay? And I sent him a picture saying the end of Hereditary is where the wild things are. That's an awesome movie. And I sent him a picture of where the wild things are with the boy with the crown. And that just got retweeted about 30 times by his friends. You want to get guests on your show that will propagate your show. That's the best advice that I can give to anybody that wants to do podcasting. And the easiest way to reach out to them is to reach out to them on Twitter and ask them if they have a publicist. If they have, they say yes. Sir, could I, or ma'am, could I get your publicist's email address? They'll give it to you if they have a publicist. Or they'll say, I don't need no publicist. When do you want to do this thing? What do we do it, on the phone or on Skype? And that's how you do it. And then when you get them, make sure you hit record when you start the interview. Yes. Yes. We've lost three great interviews. We actually had a band that just got signed to a major label and is touring all over the country right now. And we got them right before they yeah. got signed. 
and he forgot to press record. No, I didn't forget to press record. I accidentally deleted the file. That's even worse. But again, those are the technical issues that go with tech podcasting. You're going to get them. And you asked about editing. I will we'll generally record a two-hour session, and I'll cut that down to 90 minutes. He is an editing wizard. I am an editing wizard. He can take a three-and-a-half-hour conversation that has 100,000 topics and 3,000 sidebar topics and go back to it, and he will still make it sound like a I have show. done multiple shows where we worked together, recorded our sessions separate, and then edited them together to sound like we were in one room having one conversation all at the same time. Frequently I've done that. We've actually done uh, parts where I'm driving home from work and I'm on Bluetooth in the car and he spliced me into the conversation where I'm actually, yep. and you can't even tell the difference. You can't. So, editing skills is a must. I don't have any, so that's why I got Tom. Um, don't waste money on a good editor. Audacity is a free download. It's just as good as SoundForge or any of the other programs that you can get. In fact, it's easier to use. Yeah, we use uh, Audacity for some of our podcasts, and sometimes we don't even edit, just go with the flow. Okay, so Annabelle's got a question. Well, who, who are you supposed to be? Huh? Oh, it's 11. Come on. You See, don't where's your Eggos? Where's your Eggos? She's on the upside down. Learn the upside down was the right response. So the rest of the week, when people say, where are your egos, where are they? In the upside down. Thank you. Okay, what's your question? Um, so for the person who's just um, grabbing like anybody out of the crowd and is just accepting podcasts, um, so if my parents approve, I could just go on your podcast. Like, nobody, like, I don't have to be famous or, like, just... None of us are famous, honey. We're just all here having fun. What are you talking about? I'm, I'm nationwide. So, what you're asking is if anybody could be a guest on a podcast. Yes. It's up to the podcast host if they feel that you can contribute to the show. That, I guess, would be the best answer that I could give you on that. Yeah. And also, you've got to keep in mind, too, the internet is full of crazy people. So, a young lady like you may not want to do that. It may not be safe for you. I'm just gonna, I'm gonna be honest with you. You gotta be careful because there's a lot of lunatics out there. Walter's daughter is a very knowledgeable girl when it comes to pro wrestling, but she's 11 years old. So when she comes on the show, we're gonna give her a fake name because we don't want Larry in Nebraska who listens to our podcast and think that his daughter is his friend. No, we don't need that. And you got to be careful. There are a lot of crazy people out there. And there's also a lot of crazy celebrities out there, too. Um, so let me ask you guys, what experiences have you had with off-kilter celebrities? <laughs> Other than William Shatner. Well, do they have to be a, a podcast? or No. Okay. Well, because you also, Tiffany also runs a, a, a convention down in Downstate, uh, AuthorCon. Which we're changing the name. Huh? We're changing the name. We're changing the name. To Sci-Fi Horror Fest. Ooh. Um, yeah, babies, it's going to be awesome. We'll talk about that. So, so you've got, you've had, you've had crazy experiences with that. Yes, we have. But honestly, I can honestly say the craziest experience I've ever had with a celebrity was my first year here at Scarecon. 
meeting Jake Busey. <laughs> Jake Busey. Crazy runs in that family. He came over to our table and he was like, what's this about? And he was eating popcorn and it was falling out of his mouth onto our table. Like not even like joking. Like not a little bit either, a lot of it. I thought him being in the Predator movie was great. Homage to his dad being in Predator 2. I thought that was awesome, but he's still crazy as hell. Yeah. So Aaron, have you encountered the crazy guest yet? <laughs> At um, the Empire State Con. I was helping a friend run his podcast table, and um, the voice actor of Roger Rabbit, let me just look up his name. Charles Fleischer. Charles Fleischer, yes. He came up to the table, and like my friend had all this stuff set up on the table. He had his like, you know, wristbands and all this, and he just came and started flipping stuff over, and I didn't know who he was by looking at him. So I'm trying to be calm, because I'm like, I don't want to flip out and act all crazy at the con, but I don't want him messing up the table at the same time, so I just showed like a mean face, and it kind of worked. And then as he walks away, my wife's laughing the whole time. She's like, did you know who that was? I was like, no. And, you know, so that was like my only thing with a celebrity like that. But I think I handled it pretty well. What have we had? We've, had, we've, we've, we've certainly had crazy guests. But I'm not sure it's not so much we've had crazy guests. We've had guests that just won't stop talking. Oh, my gosh. Ever. They're the energizer bunny of talk. Now, you quite often want something like that, so you don't have to do the talking, but they just keep talking. And when you try to bring it home, and when I say bring it home, you want to close the show down, and there's key words that you say, like when you're on the phone. Okay, I'm gonna go now. You know, oh man, I'm tired. You know, you try to use these keywords with these people, though, swing it back home, and then they just keep talking, like Craig Spector. Oh, yes. Um, yeah, I love Craig. He's one of my huge influences on my writing. Um, if you don't know who he is, um, he wrote the novelization of Fright Night back in the 80s. Um, he wrote the original story that became Nightmare on Elm Street 5. And uh, talented guy. He helped create the splatterpunk genre of horror fiction. And he's dying of cancer. And I hate the cancer, so bring Craig on, and we let him talk. And uh, what was going to be a 15-minute interview turned into a 90-minute gab session with the guy. So whether that was crazy or not, I don't know. But um, that's a definition of something that could be considered a little bit out of control. Uh, but God bless the guy for you know at least coming on and talking with us. She's not you know, your wife. So do we have any more questions from the from the peanut yeah. gallery? Does the furry have a question? Anybody? Huh? You want another one? Okay. My wife Okay. Oh, we got another right there. Any more questions? We've had a few like non-celebrity crazy guests. Hashtag it's not like the book. Oh. Okay. One thing you never want to do is bring your crazy friend from Facebook on your podcast. We had this gentleman on to talk about it upon the release of the um, movie. The, the and, movie. And, he, and he tore it apart. Yeah, he did tear it apart. His big, his big uh, reservation with it was it's not like the book. And we, we meant like, he felt that they should have had... Well, then you said that wrong. Oh, okay. It's not like the book. Okay, not like the book. 
But um, he really felt and was very, he had strong convictions towards that he really felt they should have had the infamous sewer scene. You should not like the book. If you know what I'm saying. If you people have read the book, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, I don't, I'm glad I don't need to go into details. A fifth of vodka into the conversation. He was just, a, he really felt that it was necessary to put such a scene in a major motion picture. Yeah, he was not crazy. And it, it, it turned into a long, drawn-out argument. I had to cut out 45 minutes of that show in edits. It took me three hours to cut that show out. Because we had to also take out his drunk pauses. He passed out for a little bit. Yeah, he passed out while in conversation. So I have a question for you guys. Yeah. Have you ever done an interview where you're like, there's no way I can put this out there? That, that I thought was going to be the one. But I clearly... We put, we, we, what we did is we put disclaimers at the beginning of the show, at the end of the show. You know, we made, a, we made a, a spectacle out of it. And I put a laugh track behind Tim. After he said something, it's not like the book, you got an all in the family laugh track or a happy days laugh track. How about you guys? Again, editing wizard. No, I've actually, I just put everything out. No one's ever said anything too crazy or disrespectful to where I had to like, Cut it out. I had one friend that was joking around, was like saying something about money, so I clipped that part out. But other than that, no, I've never had to cut anybody out. We had a guy on one of my podcasts. Every other word was the word like. Okay? Like this, like, like, he kept saying it. So one time we had him on again. I took a piece of paper and a pencil. I wrote down how many times he said the word like. I lost count within five minutes. He said like so many times, it drove me nuts. So um, our co-host on our wrestling podcast, Steve Mesa, down in Florida, one episode that we brought him on to Necrocasticon with us to, re to review a horror movie. He had his dogs. And he said basically 47 times during the conversation. I know it was 47 times because I cut all 47 of them out of the final product. <laughs> and then I put them together as one long two and a half minutes of him saying basically, 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 basically. Now, he's Cuban, it sounds like Speedy Gonzalez when he talks. So it was rather comical. And he still hasn't forgiven me for doing that to him. But he doesn't say basically anymore. You sure of that? Oh, does he? Basically. Uh, I don't know, I'm gonna keep track now. You gonna keep track now, basically? Yeah. yeah. Like? Like? Yeah, yeah, I got writer's cramp okay. for the likes. Just kept doing the scratch notes. Like, like basically? Basically like, yeah. Now people will say cut your balls and ums out. I do some. But when you talk in natural conversation with your friends, you say oh no. So I leave some of those in there. I leave a lot of, also I'll leave in a lot of flubs to make it sound natural. You don't want it to be overproduced. That's your key thing. If you do post-production on your show, you don't want to overproduce it because that will not be entertaining to your listeners. They'll know. It's like you've heard an uninspired pop song from somebody like Kesha, for example. Same thing. You, you know when it's not real. I like Kesha. I like Kesha too, but you know, that's what it is. I do agree with that. You don't want to overproduce like you're saying because I just, like like I said with mine, I don't really cut too much out. My brother doesn't really cut too much out because I just like the flow of the natural conversation. And I like the bloopers like Tiffany was saying over here because the bloopers are hilarious. 
We just leave them right in the middle of the show. Yeah, we do them as a, we call them a stinger. We put them at the end of our show, or we put them at the beginning of the show. One of the things that we ask guests on our show to do is cut us a spot. I'm an old radio guy, so I like those things. Hey, this is Ron Halford. You're listening to 95X. You know, type thing. So I get all my guests to say, hi, this is on such and such, and you're listening to the Necrocasticon. You'd think that'd be easy to do. Well, what? We've had a few. I'm comfortable. We've had a few, uh, you know, uh, get it on one take, and we applaud them when they do it because nobody can say the name of our show right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it gets a little out of control. Uh, and, and, and actually, in one instance, we had one guy stop like, what's the name of your show again? Because he thought we were saying something that was racist. Yeah, he's a guest here. He's here. Yes, go buy his book. Um, <laughs> I've messed up with my own intro plenty of times, so it happens. Do you say the same thing every time you open your show? No. You jazz it up? Uh, I just, whatever hits me right here, it just goes. Do you write down what you say? No, because my wife pointed this out to me. When I write stuff down, I fumble and jumble too much. I'm better just freestyling it. Okay. Tiffany, do you write down what you say? Oh, God, no. No, and often I'll, a lot of times I will say clothes are optional. And so then, like, the guests will be like, I don't know, have to get naked. I'm like, hey, take a picture. You've listened to our show. Yes, of course. I write down everything I say. Do you really? He does. Everything I say is written down. Why is that? There's three kinds of broadcasters in the world, people. There's your beginning broadcaster. Guess what your beginning broadcaster does? He writes down everything he says. Or she says. Hello and welcome to ch chapter 53 of the Necrocasticon, although we only do 52 a year. Yes. Yes. I am Tolkien Tom Clark, and joining me are my established panel of horror experts. Yes. Now, uh, there's your number two kind of broadcaster. The guy that's been doing it for a few years thinks he knows everything and stumbles and falls over his words. And then there's your experienced broadcaster who's been doing this for a long time. And you know what he does? He writes down everything he says. Um, that's what my broadcasting professor told me in college. Uh, it was his stitch. And I've lived by that. That's because that's the background I come from. What works for you works for you, Aaron. And that's the same thing for anybody out here who's interested in doing a podcast. What works for you works for you. You're going to find your niche of what you like to do. And, and you could be totally the antithesis of everything we've talked to you guys about tonight, and you'll find that it works for you. And I'm glad that we told you what not to do that. You know? Because you decided to go the other way. That's, there's nothing wrong with that. This is total freestyle. There's no rules to podcasting other than... Make sure it's at a 4,400 bit rate, which is MP3 quality, so or digital HD quality. So just make sure your sound's good. Yes, you got a question? Hold on, let me bring the mic over to you. What's your, what's your guy's favorite horror movie? Ooh, that's a panel this weekend, but we'll talk about that now. We can do that. We can do that. Um, what's yours? Favorite horror movie? Yeah. John Carpenter's The Thing. Okay. Aaron? I don't really have a favorite, but I can tell you my favorite slasher right here, Mr. Jason Voorhees himself. Jeff? Yeah. Oh, gosh. Um, my favorite horror movie? Well, right now, it's, it's got to be It. I can't get enough of it. No float down No pun intended. <laughs> but now that I know that Freddy Cougar has special... Walter, what's your favorite horror movie, Walter? My favorite horror movie, I'm going to be 
Uh, Walter, why don't you put the microphone near you so we can hear you? I, I don't like leaning forward. Um, my favorite horror movie, I'm actually going to go outside the norm and not mention what many people think is a horror movie. My favorite horror movie is Jaws. That's, that's fair. That's in my top five. Um, until this year, my favorite horror movie was John Carpenter's The Thing, followed by The Exorcist, followed by Jaws. They all got pushed back one year. My favorite horror movie of all time now is The Endless. Um, that movie will change you. And it will make you ask the question, what is your story? So I highly recommend that you watch this movie. It's on Netflix right now. It will mess your head up. What's it called again? The Endless. It's by uh, Justin uh, Benson and Aaron Moorhead. And they also star in the movie. Now, should you watch Resolution before oh, the end? Or should you do after? You have to watch Resolution after. There you go. This is very unique. Five years, seven years ago, they made a movie called Resolution. It was under the radar. People caught up on it at film festivals and gave it a lot of buzz. The Endless that just came out is not the sequel to Resolution. Resolution is the sequel to Endless. You need to watch Resolution after you watch The Endless. And once you watch The Endless, you'll understand why. And then you'll again ask yourself, what is my story? You are serious. I mean, I'm you dead are just serious. Whoa. The movie has changed my He's life. He's passionate. Actually, I never, heard, I never heard this about how much it's changed your life. Yeah, it's, it's made me, it's, wow. wow, it's messed with my head. It, you know how it's messed with my head? It's messed with my head room 237 bad. Oh. Wow. Yeah. Yep. That's so now bad. when I, yeah, okay, we'll just leave it there. I don't want to spoil anything for you. Do I see a ghost? Is there a ghost fan here? There is. Look, Papa's back there. Awesome. I'm a huge ghost Ghost is fan. my favorite band. Rats. Thanks, well, thanks. Any more questions from the peanut gallery? Come on, the furry's got to have a question. There are furry podcasts. Yes. Yeah. yeah. If, a furry had a con uh, if a furry had a uh, cast, would it be all mute? Oh, come on. See, the beautiful thing about furries is they can just articulate what they want to get across in their message by just being a teddy bear person. See? Look at those paws. Aren't they so cute? It's adorable. Yeah, no. You just want to, you just want to hug them. Aww. Uh, you got a question? Hi. Um, I just had a question. With respect to the success of the most recent Halloween incarnation, how do you feel? Are you excited or leery of the potential for other remakes and reincarnations coming forward from past movies? Thank you. I'm going to tell you this. As a horror writer, everybody thinks that zombies are the thing. Zombies are dying. Literally. Um, up until about two years ago when I did open calls, they were for, they would say in them, no vampires, no werewolves, no ghosts. Now they say no vampires, no werewolves, no ghosts, no zombies. They're all asking for slasher killers and cosmic horror right now. Speculative. So slasher killers are the new thing. Um, to answer your question, Yes, we need more of it. 
I think it's the next phase in, in horror because slasher killers are more real than a zombie. Um, George Romero said that the zombie was your next door neighbor. Well, you know what? So is the slasher killer. So that's my opinion on the matter. Me, for one, as long as the movies are done right, I'm always excited about it. Like, I would love to see a Friday the 13th reboot, remake, whatever you want to call it, done right. I did enjoy the one from 2009, but I wish they did it, <clears throat> excuse me, how it did, you know, it from last year, how they went in the 80s. I wish they gave that movie the 80s vibe and took it a little more serious. Other than that, I'm all for it. Tiffany, I can't hear you. Um, I, 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 I love originals, so I'm not sure how I feel about remakes. Um, they haven't been done very well as of recent, in my opinion. So, I don't know. I'm really, I, I'll have to get back to you on that one. I've kind of fallen in love with this recent Bloomhouse. Uh, it really is Bloomhouse that's done a, a fantastic job, I think, of remaking some of the classics over the past decade starting with Amityville Horror and Texas Chainsaw Massacre. And this Halloween movie that's come out now is a candy corn bag full of homages to the original films, both the good, the bad, and the ugly of them. Um, I think as much as I am hesitant to accept what Danny McBride does on screen sometimes, because he's very hit and miss, uh, him and David Gordon Greer just knocked it out of the park with this one. They really did. I was shocked at how much I liked it. And this comes after watching Hellfest and Mandy earlier this year, which are two phenomenal movies. Man, and Mandy's not for everyone, though. Yeah, Mandy's not for Mandy everyone. Mandy's not going to please a general audience. Mandy is a heavy metal magazine come to life. It's a hard house film. It really is. Um, but it, it's, it's kind of on the same level as this Halloween film. It's like the Suspiria of slasher flicks. It really is with the color schemes and whatnot in it. I think remakes are Hollywood's uh, easy way out. Check it out. I think uh, remakes are pretty much Hollywood's easy way out to make a, a quick buck. Well, well that's the way at I some points, like there are some really good sequels out there. I mean, remakes. The remakes are some are really great, and there's some that are. Let really, me ask really you a bad. question. When you go to the bank to get a loan. They want you to have some sort of proof that you're going to be able to pay off that loan, right? I think you got to show them that you work, for example, that you have a regular income. Movie investors in Hollywood, unfortunately, are the same way. They want to have proof that there's going to be a return on their investment. That is why we get remakes, because the remakes have a track record. When this movie first came out, it was made for X number of dollars it made X number of dollars more. So if we can make this, that's a X percentage based off of what we're spending. Because sequels and remakes have a decline from the first one, they do the math and they figure out how much money they're going to make off of that remake. And that's how they get greenlighted and why they get greenlighted. Because it's proof that it's going to work. That's the only reason. And when people cry that we don't have enough original stuff in this country anymore, well, go see more movies like Hereditary. Go see more movies like The Endless. There's your unique movies. 
Yes, go see your Marvel movies. Go see your remakes too. Go see all the movies. Don't just go see a movie just because you like it or just because you don't like it because there's a lot of hate watchers out there. Go to all of them because then they're all going to make money. And eventually those movies that were the, the endless or hereditary, we're going to get movies more like them down the pipeline, but it's just going to take time. See, I just have a problem with the remakes recently. They've just been horrible. Huh? My problem with remakes is they've just been horrible, well, in my opinion. Part of the problem with the remakes sometimes is that the, the people that remake the movie forget what the actual original movie was about. And I agree with that. It's like they lose their vision. I, mean, I know remakes kind of want to, they remake it. They want to revamp it and give it a new spin. But I think that sometimes, in my opinion, they lose their magic. Yep. You know, and, and that's what I hate about remakes. And it's no different than a song being remade. But, but look, let's look at the thing with remakes. So remakes have been around longer than we can think of, though. I mean, um, you just mentioned your favorite horror film. Yeah, that's a remake. Yeah, I know. It's, it's one of the best remakes out there. It's an amazing remake. But then you have the Nightmare on Elm Street remake. Yeah. Oh, God, don't but, get me uh, that. Here's the thing. But I look at remakes this way. I take them as they come. I think some are terrible. I think some are great. Um, but I look at it this way with the community. I don't think a lot of people complained about Horror of Dracula when it came out, when they thought about it and compared it to the 31 Bells of Ghosts. They didn't have internet back then. But did they, though? But did they, but even though the, but did they complain? And Pandora. Way back then? Pandora, is that old? famous monsters of the film. That's true. Or whatever they may have had back then. And the letters to the editor. If you go back to old magazines, look at the letters to the editor. And the nerds are saying the same darn thing back then that they're crying about on Facebook nowadays. Just keep that in mind. That's what Facebook is, a giant letter, letters to the editor. It's a giant cesspool of letters to the I, editor. I take yes. remakes as they are. I think some are trash. I think some are very well made. I think some are very well done. Um, one big disagreement we have is I enjoyed, I enjoyed the new 2018 Halloween. I thought it was great. And where I rank it, though, I rank the first Rob Zombie movie slightly above it. What? Yeah. What? Alright, I'm leaving the panel now. Slightly above it. Why? What is wrong with you? I just read you. Slightly above it. No, no, nothing, no. Rob Zombie's Halloween was a, was a, was a, gritty, was, was a gritty portrayal of it. It was film. terrible. I like Rob Zombie's Halloween. What? Yeah, yeah. Well, That's what my doctor said, but he I, says I'm fine. In my opinion, in my, and here's my opinion of it. I, no, thought, no, I thought the, the, the new one that came out was superior to the, the made-for-TV one that was in 1990. I think the, the one that came out in 1990 is extremely outdated, that I and it comes with. off like a made-for-TV movie when you watch it now. It's not scary. That I agree with, but the Rob Zombie comment, you must be on drugs. But Rob Zombie gave us more no. than the original. He, he ruined us... it. I love Rob no, Zombie. I love Rob it. Zombie, but he ruined it. He took away the magic no. of him coming from a... He gave us extra. This is my take. This year's Halloween was H2O done right. Yes. Okay. See, we're having fun here. We're all doing this. We're all arguing, but we're all having fun with this argument. Oh, That's the best I still prefer the original Halloween, too. I still love Season of the Witch. It does not have Michael Myers in it at all. If the stand, it's an awesome standalone film. If you take Halloween 3 and just call it just see maybe season of the witch oh, how, how it's an awesome, awesome standalone film Halloween 3 is an awesome film they, Preacher Choir Preacher yeah. Choir I think we've all agreed with that Halloween 3 is a great movie yes it is I'm going to have to disagree with this I stand alone we actually did a podcast on Halloween 3 Matt and I 
and I you're believe it's out. I don't remember what episode you're ready it is. for a movie I don't like that a lot of people gawk me at? Cabin in the Woods. I don't like that one either. Oh, oh all right. What about... I thought Cabin in the Woods was just like a spoof on horror films. I don't like the book, It. I don't like the original miniseries, It. The only thing I like about the new movie is when Georgie gets killed. Wow. Wow. Georgie reminded me of my little brother. Oh, okay. I liked the last Hellraiser movie. And everyone was like, this! Judgment Day? Oh, no. Yeah. I'm just kidding. I was with you all the way up until you said that one. I'm out of here. I'm talking about the one that came after. Yeah, Judgment Day. I thought it was great. Why didn't you like it? It didn't hold my attention. Why not? I don't know. I thought thought it brought back the visceralness of the first two Hellraiser movies. Do I put it uh, up there with them? No. But you take everything else you got to work with, and it's fair. It's fair, and the guy wasn't the guy wasn't a bad pinhead, and actually even Doug Bradley gave him the thumbs up. He said you did all right, kid. But it is so, way better than Revelation. I'll give you it's, that. It's better. Revelation. <laughs> actually, it's better than Revelations. Uh, it's better than uh, the what was the uh, the one where uh, they're the internet and such. I can't remember. Hell world. Hell world. All right. Well, thank you for joining us for the successful podcasting tips and our opinions on horror movies <laughs> panel as it turned into. <laughs> But enjoy your weekend here at Spiritcon. We're going to be uh, monitoring a bunch of the panels for you guys this weekend. So you'll be seeing us podcasters all weekend long. Uh, we're in the final row down at the far end down there. Yes, yeah, uh, so We got swag high. and yeah. stuff like that. We yeah, can't just, just go down one. Just, just make the effort. Come visit us. We're lonely. Yeah, and and coming up next, I'm going to be moderating the Halloween and Paranormal panel over here. So come on over and hang out with us for that. I'm actually going to be recording here all weekend. So anybody that wants to jump on the podcast with me for a few minutes, you're more than welcome to. Yep, definitely. Anybody. Thank you, guys. Thank you all. Oh. 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 Take away with the screen, take away all the screen.